What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked Bartimaeus. Does that question sound familiar? You might recall last week in the gospel, we hear Jesus ask James and John a similar thing. What do you wish me to do for you? Now, do you remember from last week's gospel what, what, uh, when Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Do you remember what James and John responded? Well, I'll let you know. Grant that in your glory we may sit, one at your right and the other at your left. To sit at a ruler's right or left hand was a sign of power and prestige. And Jesus responds to the response with a question. Can you drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with a baptism with which I am to be baptized? When he's saying that, what he's doing is asking them whether the disciples are willing to be united with him in his redemptive suffering. How do the two brothers respond? You bet, we can do that. They do not yet realize what they are asserting. Five chapters later in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus is on the cross at Golgotha. And only then do we see the deep irony of their request. Those at the right and left hand of the Messiah King are the two thieves crucified with him. So at the time of their request, James and John really don't get it, what they're asking for. It's only after Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection, then they begin to understand then they do drink from the cup of the Lord and share in his baptism. They follow him from his dying and into his rising. Now for today's gospel. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asks Bartimaeus. Master, I want to see now, that made me seem like a pretty obvious response. If you're blind, wouldn't that be your response too? And Jesus grants his request. And immediately, Bartimaeus receives his sight. That's a great blessing, a miracle. But the gospel does not end here. It says he received his sight and followed him on the way. That phrase, to follow him on the way, that's how the early Christians were described. They were following Jesus on the way. They were following the Lord. And on the way, whether that led to the cross, or it does lead to the cross, but then onward to the resurrection. So Bartimaeus gets it. He, re he has the perfect response to being healed. He follows Jesus on the way of discipleship. And it's interesting we know his name. How is it that we know his name? I think because he became one of the early disciples and was known to the early, maybe to the writers of Mark's gospel. Now, do you remember when Father Osborne used to help out here and uh, in his homily, he would often give you homework? Do you remember? Well, I'm going to give you some homework today. What I'd like you to do is... I want you to think about this. 
that this question, what do you want me to do for you, is a question that Jesus not only asked of James and John and Bartimaeus, but I believe Jesus is asking that question to each of you. And so your homework is to find a quiet place. You're welcome to stay here in church. And just spend some time and just... In your, just, just see the presence of Jesus. Jesus is there. Just now become aware of it. And imagine Jesus asking you that question. What do you want me to do for you? Now, I thought if I'm going to ask you to do that homework, I'd better have already done it. So I did it yesterday, and I live next to the church. So it's pretty easy for me to sit right in here and spend a little time in prayer And I I just imagine Jesus asking me, what do you want me to do for you? And the first thing that came to mind was, Jesus, I am so tired of COVID, of the disease and of the divisions it has caused. Please take it all away. Sometimes in our prayer, that's the place where we get to pour out to the Lord whatever is troubling us, whatever worries us, whatever concerns us about ourselves or others or the world, you get to let Jesus know. Get it all out. Jesus is a good listener. Okay? So that might be the direction your prayer takes. What happened to me was after a while and after kind of letting Jesus know my thoughts on things... (laughs) Then you kind of sit and listen. Okay, what else might be going on here? And as I thought about that question of Jesus saying, what do you want me to do for you? And I looked at this image of the risen Christ, and I thought, well, Jesus, the bottom line is, I'd like to be in heaven with you one day. I thought that's really the ultimate goal of life, is to be one with God and the saints I thought of the prayer of St. Augustine, our hearts are restless until they rest in you. So that's, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus, I'd like to be in heaven. But then I thought, I don't think I'm ready to go there quite yet. I think there's some things to do here on earth. And then the question comes up, well, what, what do you want me to do for you? And what popped into my head was, have you ever heard of something called the four levels of happiness? Okay. I, 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 that's what popped into my head, and I, and I thought about that, uh, this chance to ask Jesus for whatever, and, and, and I thought about the four levels of happiness. The first level of happiness is described as, you know, things that are pleasurable are, are certainly ways that we get happy. Somebody just bakes some uh, uh, homemade uh, Pumpkin muffins with pecans. Well, that was, well, that's a level of happiness. Uh, you know, things that are pleasing to our senses, whether to the eye or the ear or taste or smell or touch, those are all in that first level of happiness. I thought about, well, the taste of a good beer. Or I thought about when I go golfing, uh, how about a few more pars and a few less triple bogeys? And I'm guessing you all have things that fit into that first level of happiness. The trick is, if if you stay there, I don't think your life is going to be very happy. I think in the long run, it's going to be pretty miserable. Well, then there's the second level of happiness. That's 
characterized as about achievement, success, recognition. That's kind of really what James and John were asking of Jesus, wasn't it? When they said, Lord, we'd like to be on your left and right hand when you come in glory. We want power and prestige. And for many of us, that happens in different ways. I mean, maybe, it, you know, we want to be a success in business or at school or at athletics or on our, our social media or, or whatever we, we want to achieve. And again, there's nothing wrong with desiring to achieve, to do well, great, get the lead part in the school play, whatever. But if that's where we stop, I don't think we're going to have a very happy life either. The third level, that's described as service. When we find fulfillment and loving and caring for others. And that is a beautiful level. Uh, when we, we love and care for whether for family members, for little babies, or uh, for the loved ones who are sick, or when we extend that beyond our immediate family and we think about people in our community and our loving and caring cares for people that we don't know, people around the world. Uh, that's that's a, a level of happiness, of much fulfillment can be found there. But there again, there's still one more level. And that level is, is when our desire is to grow ever closer to God in faith here on earth and then in fulfillment in heaven. And then the last thing in the prayer my homework that kind of, and I hope you don't mind me sharing this with you, was I, I thought of that uh, beautiful song prayer from the musical Godspell. Day by day, day by day, oh dear Lord, three things I pray. To see thee more clearly, to love thee more dearly, and to follow thee more nearly day by day. What do you want me to do for you? Master, I want to see. May we join Bartimaeus, James, and John and follow Jesus on the way. <laughs>